Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... Are you indifferent about Jesus and Christmas? Or are you strangely drawn like these wise men? Jesus was born to die, Matthew 1. He told us to save his people from their sins. And the good news of the gospel is that whoever would turn to God and put their trust in this child, this Savior, would have the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. And like the wise men, the Lord calls us all to come. Most of us have had discussions on the true meaning of Christmas. Pastor Jim today observes that some people get hostile and angry. Others are indifferent, yet some worship. Why is that? With that in mind, here's Pastor Jim in the book of Matthew chapter 2, with part 2 of his message, Reactions to Christmas. Verse 11, And when they had come into the house, now, not a barn, not a cave, not an inn, right? So... Somehow or after the first Christmas night, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped, notice this, him. Not Mary and Joseph, Jesus. They didn't worship anybody else. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented the gifts to him. Now, a lot of people assign a lot of things to the gifts, so people will see the Symbolism, you know, maybe, maybe not, I don't know, gold, often people associate with royalty, frankincense with divinity, because, you know, there was being incense and prayers, and myrrh would be associated with death. I don't know that's the best gift to somebody when they have a new baby. <laughs> I was like, here, what about casket? You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> it's like cruel, man. And so I don't know about that. It's like some of you, I know you've gone through this experience, you get pregnant, and you're kind of, especially your first baby, you're kind of nervous about it, but they're all nerve-wracking. And then you have all your friends coming, telling you, like, you got a month to go, and the, all your friends with their bad birthing stories. Like, so encouragement's not your gift, sorry. And so I don't know about that. I think one of the things that we do know, that they're expensive gifts that meant for the honor of a king, and more so, Probably, as, and we'll see this as we go further in Matthew's gospel, these gifts probably finance their escape from the wrath of Herod when he orders the kids under two to be killed. Verse 12, Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Interesting. You know, they don't notice they just do what God says. They're not negotiating. You know, I'd love to do what God says, but I promised Herod I would come back. So, doing what God says over what somebody else says. Now, you got to be careful. You can't just, something pops in your head and it said, well, that's what God said. You know, they have to be a little bit more definitive in your proof. But how often we rationalize what we do because of what the King Herods of the world might think versus what God tells us to do. So I want to go through four quick reactions to Christmas. Remember, that's where we started. What's your reaction to Christmas? Reaction number one, if you're taking notes, Anger and aggression. Anger and aggression. What is aggression? Aggression is hostile or violent behavior 
or attitude towards another. It is a readiness to attack or confront. King Herod and many people throughout history, many people in our day, flat out despise Jesus. They hate him. They hate Christmas, which seems kind of silly because look at Herod's case. Jesus is just a toddler. But King Herod wants his power, wants his desires so much that he will do anything to keep them. And some people will even die for their own desires. They're willing to die for their own desires. You see that, sadly, in people who are addicted to substances and certain things like that, is even life or certain lifestyles, even life itself doesn't seem to matter as long as they get what they want. It's a sad, sad situation. The problem with Herod and the problem with many people, not singling out any one group, is probably all of us, is that Herod wants to be king. He doesn't want Jesus to be king. He wants to be the king. And he's actually more interested in saving his own kingdom and his own throne than he is in saving his soul. And the thought of having his kingdom, his desires, yanked out of his hand consumes him, and he will do whatever it takes. Now, interesting, in our world, this hostility, which is often cloaked in the name of tolerance, is really on the rise. And it takes the form where many people are teaching that Christianity is dangerous. Now, I will be the first to admit that some people who say they're Christians are dangerous. But to teach that Christianity is dangerous is, just shows a complete misunderstanding of what Christianity is. Honestly, some of the people who teach Christianity is dangerous are like Herod. They're very, very smart. Some of them are even smart enough to know that Jesus himself is a real threat to having life our way all the time. That Jesus, in following him, is going to change many of the things about us. And when you watch or listen to some of the world's most well-renowned atheists, I mean, (laughs) they're like Herod in the fact that they don't deny that Jesus is real. The worry is, for many people, is Jesus the true king? And the fact that Jesus might be the true king is something that really angers so many people. But we shouldn't be surprised. Matthew 10, 34, Jesus said this, Don't think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. What, what, what does a sword do? It pierces, yes. What does it also do? It slices in half. And many, uh, last election people wanted, all these wondering how many friendships dissolved because of the last election. Heaven's going, that ain't nothing. <laughs> that, that many more people have divided over Jesus Christ. Now, if you're here and you have a hostility towards Jesus, it might surprise you that one of my geeky hobbies is to watch YouTube atheists 
And in you know, my summary of them, massively intelligent people in some ways, my summary of them a lot of time is not that they don't believe in God, is they just don't like the world that God created. Because <laughs> they're attacking him like he's a person, like he exists. And you want to just go, but you don't think he exists, you know? Um, I mean, one of them one time was debating John Lennox, and he was trying to remember something, and he goes, oh, my God, I can't remember. <laughs> but, you know, if that's you and you're hostile towards Christianity, I have to admit to you, as surprising as this may be for some of the people in this audience, I get you. I get you. And in many ways, I respect you. And you say, why? And I said, well, because at least you've done a little bit of homework and thought some of these things out a bit. And you actually, in some ways, might agree with God, which we'll have to leave for a moment. Reaction number two to Christmas, to Jesus, indifference and inaction. Indifference and inaction. What is inaction? It is a lack of action, idleness, where action is expected or appropriate. To me, indifference and inaction is far more dangerous than number one because it is so subtle. Just picture you're there in in Jerusalem and the religious leaders and the religious people of Jerusalem, which is essentially almost everyone who's there, they're Jewish people, would see this entourage coming in. It's not every day that a bunch of, you know, magi guys, you know, Harry Potter and his friends come into town and the walls talk, you know what I mean? So everybody's going to know what's going on. Sometimes people say, how how does Matthew get all of this information? Well, remember, he was a tax collector, and so he had friends on the inside, and so the walls talk, and so he was able to get accounts from people and say, how did all, you know how that went down? And, you know, this Matthew's young at this point in time, but if he's even born, but he can find out from inside sources. And so people know what's going on. And in fact, the scribes are asked where he's going to be born. And so these guys know their Bibles. They're like, break it out, man, Micah 5.2. They're just ready to break it out. They're going to tell him exactly where he's going to be born. Yet, they can't walk five or six miles to see the king. Harry Potter and his friends walked (laughs) hundreds of miles. And they can't walk five or six miles to go see this king. Why don't they? Is it that they don't? Is it that they can't? Is it that they won't? I don't know. They know where the Messiah is to be born, yet they are completely passive. And see, we can know a lot about the Christian life, but we can be very passive in living the Christian life. And that is a form of unbelief. I mean, they are surrounded by people who are excited about the Lord. And not even people who are excited about the Lord can wake them out of their sleep. 
if the guys in number one, anger and aggression represent some people who would be atheists, agnostics, these are, here we have functioning, unbelieving believers. I mean, they would tell you that they're believers, but everything in their life seems to indicate that they're not, that they're going through the motion. They might even get angry about it, as the Pharisees and the Sadducees will later on when they get a real taste of Jesus. This is sort of the attitude of, you know, we know all that stuff. We've been there, we've done that. They want a Messiah that's going to save them from Rome, and they know if he's a little baby, he can't do anything for them now. It's almost like their attitude is, well, God, what took you so long? But, you know, the old people will be like, well, I'll be dead by the time he grows up to be Messiah. And other people are like, well, we'll just wait around and see what happens. I spoke at a high school Monday, and I said, you know, they were talking about preaching to me and stuff like that. I said, I just think that our preaching in America is just way too easy. I said, our preaching, we preach messages, and we go have coffee and donuts. And Jesus and the apostles preaching, riots, somebody gets arrested. <laughs> I mean, just, just very different. Somebody falls out a window. <laughs> just, just all kinds of stuff. And this one girl, she's 15, she goes, that's so right. <laughs> So I'll get some of you angry, ruin your day. It seems to me that most people in the United States who say that they're Christians are relatively indifferent to Jesus. And they don't see their lack of reaction to Jesus. They don't see their lack of a reaction to the Word of God. They don't see their lack of reaction to worship, or in this case, the worship of the wise men, as a clue to their poor spiritual health. Being too comfortable, being so indifferent, is so dangerous that the Word of God challenges it on almost every page of the Bible. There's a great danger in knowledge without a heart that is enlarged for Jesus because it can turn into an apathetic, weak faith, a non-existent faith. Knowledge is no substitute for love for God, for love for people and obedience. It's only good to know the answers if we actually do it. God was five miles away. I mean, it would have just taken minimal effort to be with him, but it seemed like they just didn't care. It seemed like they lost their zeal, or perhaps they never had it. Friends, this happens in church regularly. God sees indifference as a form of rejection. May it not be said of you and I after today. And again, I said that there is some agreement with God in the angry atheists and agnostics of the world. Both you and God agree that the indifference or the hypocrisy of many of people who say they're followers of God is a big problem. So how about that? Something to agree with God about. Or as I often say to friends of mine who don't believe, sometimes they'll say, hey, just remember me in your prayers. I said, I'll remember you when I pray to the God that you say doesn't exist. <laughs> Reaction number three, 
to Christmas or to Jesus is wonder and worship. Wonder and worship. Some people won't walk five or six miles. Some will gladly walk 500 or more. Some people won't give anything, but these guys will give what is of value and not the leftovers. And I think the thing about such people is they think little about it, and they certainly don't feel the need to talk about it. Some people have to have all the answers. Some people have to have all their ducks in a row. Some people have to know everything that's going to happen, while others follow the king, simply content with the evidence that he gives. Star in the sky, start walking. <laughs> that's it. Some are impatient, waiting for God. I know people are like, oh, he's always right on time. Yes, that sounds good coming out of your mouth, right? Not always so good going into your ears. You know, some are impatient waiting for God while others will worship while they prepare, while they walk, and while they wait. Some know the Bible, but again, they don't know how to live it. Some are very religious, but their souls are completely lifeless. Yet others, they walk into town with horoscopes. They walk into town with paganism. They walk into town with all of their baggage that unbelieving people carry. And somehow, they end up amazed at the love of God. They hear the story of a cross and a king who loved them so much that he gave his life for them, for their sins against the kingdom. And instead of going, I'm not a sinner, they say, could this king love me in that way? How often in the Bible, the right people are the wrong people, and the wrong people are the right people. And it's the wrong people who become the worshipers. Traditionally, people pick up their nativity scenes on January 6th. It's called the Feast of the Epiphany. Epiphany means to show or manifest. To which the smart aleck, Bible people, I'm going to cure you of this if I cure you of anything today, the smart aleck Bible people drive by and say, you know, that's inaccurate. Because when those wise men came, it was after Jesus was in the manger. You know that movie, Little Drummer Boy? I wouldn't give that movie the time of day. <laughs> when I think it's one of the greatest Christmas movies ever. It's like the Grinch. You get to watch a character get born again right in front of you. say, Jim, but it's wrong. I think you're missing the point of what some people actually might have thought about. The point is, look at the worshipers. 
in a typical nativity scene. What a great opportunity to talk with people about it. Oh, I'm putting up the nativity scene. Do you know what that's about? Yeah, it's about Jesus being born and not taking the opportunity to say, let's walk around the scene together and let me tell you a story. This scene, this is traditionally about worshipers. What does it mean to worship? It's not an easy word to define. It involves acknowledgement, praise, thanksgiving, and service. Romans 12 said it is the giving of one's life to God in attitude and action. Matthew 4, Jesus will tell the devil that you are to worship the Lord God and him only you shall serve So maybe you want to go home today or or go to some park or go somewhere and look at a nativity scene instead of being all high and mighty about that they got the dating wrong. Why don't you look at the scene? Look at the worshipers. Teenage woman who everybody in town thought was pregnant out of wedlock. And her new deer in a headlight husband who doesn't know what to make of all of this stuff that's going on and soon is going to have to deal with somebody who wants to kill his little boy. Oh, the shepherds, you know, they're a bunch of thieves. Did you know that? They were the equivalent of people selling, you know, hot merchandise down on the corner or maybe even drug dealers. Dishonest lowlifes, that's who these guys are. Bunch of dirty animals. Smelly, not pets, and a bunch of Harry Potter dudes who probably knew nothing much about the Bible and God and all that kind of stuff. They just heard the story, and they came, and they're all surrounding a humble Savior. Walk with your friend around the scene again and say, this couple, a lot of shame. A lot of shame in that culture. Those shepherds, nobody cared about them. Poor. Wise men, oh yeah, they had it all according to the world. They had respect, but you know what? They knew that there was more to life. What do they all have in common? They are all around this little king. That's what Christmas is about. It's about God becoming a man and people coming to a manger to worship the king. Guys who knew nothing about God coming into this house, the house of the Lord where where Jesus was with his mother and his adopted father. It will be for years and years and years, people coming to the cross, all answering the invitation to worship the king. So the fourth reaction then is your reaction and response. Are you angry? about Christmas and Jesus? Are you indifferent about Jesus and Christmas? Or are you strangely drawn like these wise men? Jesus was born to die, Matthew 1, he told us, to save his people from their sins. And the good news of the gospel is that whoever would turn to God and put their trust in this child, this Savior would have the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. And like the wise men, the Lord calls us all to come 
To believe on the Lord Jesus Christ is what the Bible says. To transfer our trust from yourself to King Jesus and receive the forgiveness of sins in eternal life. And when you come, when you believe, you will say, O come all ye faithful, come let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for joining us on today's edition of Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. Would you like to hear this message again? Simply log on to our website, www.changedbyloveradio.com. There, you can listen to archive broadcasts, load our mobile app, as well as listen to Pastor Jim's easy-to-follow, verse-by-verse teaching on much of the Bible. You can also request a CD of this message in its original, unedited form on our website. If you would prefer to write to us, our address is Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. That's Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Or you can give us a call at 973-659-3380. Once again, that's 973-659-3380. Changed by Love is sponsored by listeners like you. We are so thankful for your continued support and prayers that allow us to bring our show to you on this station. Make sure you tell your friends and family about Changed by Love on this station, as well as how to listen to Pastor Jim on our website and mobile app. In the next edition of Changed by Love, Pastor Jim will continue teaching through God's Word. Glance at the clock right now, and please make plans to join us next time to be encouraged, comforted, and challenged by the Word of God. You are all a blessing to us. We hope to see you next time here on Changed by Love.